eSuite's 10-week e-commerce accelerator is now open for enrollment. Our very first accelerator earlier this year was a huge success with 54 graduates who are now putting their skills to use to further their e-commerce careers. Over 10 weeks, I personally will take you through the fundamentals of e-commerce from strategy to marketing, tech, finance, supply chain, and more. We've made this course 100% remote and flexible to fit around your busy life with recorded live classes, an active community, over 20 cheat sheets, and more than 600 pages of e-commerce content. But the best part is you get to meet and connect with some of the best and brightest up-and-comers in e-commerce in Australia. Enrollments are now open and class kicks off on Tuesday, August 23. So, whether you want to enroll as an individual or, sneaking in, persuade your boss to enroll the whole team, head on over to esuitetalent.com.au forward slash accelerator to enroll online today. I hope to see you in there. It was my brother who said, why isn't there a men's equipment and flowers? That's the most critical data that I can use to keep growing my business. It's like a goldmine of information. The beer that I had to record is like in the fridge. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to stop drinking the product. Welcome to Add to Cart, Australia's leading e-commerce podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of online retail. Every week, Nathan Bush from eSuite and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. I think we all had that moment over the last couple of years where you send or receive a gift just because. And it was a great way to connect when we couldn't connect in other ways. And no one understands this connection better than today's guest, Emma Mazur, founder of gift-giving business Manflower Co. and After Hours. Emma started Manflowers Co. back in 2017 when she saw a gap in the market for males in online gift-giving. And that's fair, you know, we're always forgotten about. Emma has grown this idea from a single-page website with a single product to leading a category with over 200 gift-giving options available. It stands out in market. Even better, she's now opened her second brand, After Hours, for women who are looking for gifts that are a little different to the usual flowers. In this chat, we discuss the secrets on how to create a standout gifting experience, which should be relevant for all retailers. We also dive into how to box up products for the ultimate wow factor, how to encourage reviews with incentives, and how she uses out-of-the-box functionality and apps to deliver what looks like a custom experience online. And with Father's Day just around the corner, make sure you stay until the end of the episode for a special discount that Emma has supplied just for Add to Cart listeners. All right, so thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Paclio, here's our conversation with Emma Mazur, founder of Manflower Co. Emma, thanks for joining us on Add to Cart. I'm really excited about our chat. Same. Now, your name of your business is Manflower, and I think it's one of the best names out there. It captures attention straight away. Can you tell us what Manflower is? 
Romance.co is a niche gifting business with its core focus on simplifying gifting for men. So effectively, we offer a carefully created range of gifts that he'll drink, use, and love. Uh, and in doing so, we make men's gifting less complicated, less time-consuming, um, and in my humble opinion, way more fun. So that's it at Manfalco in a nutshell. And are men so complicated that we need a specialised gifting service? No, I think men aren't complicated, but I think we as, and I say we as in me, as a someone who gifts to men regularly, we make it complicated and they don't need all of the fluff and fuss. And so I think, and that's a lot about, and we'll talk about that down the track, where Manfalco Quote is actually about serving them in a really effective way that isn't complicated but still things that they love. Yeah, beautiful. So what kind of products have you got on there? So, look, we have four key ways that you can gift on our website. One, which is uh, create your own gift, and you've got a selection of over 200 products to choose from. And we offer a really streamlined process in which you create a gift. So we encourage our customers to follow our four-step process. We then have a beer mail range, which is a range of beer-themed gifts. We then have cocktail, wine, and whiskey-themed gifts. And then we've also created a range of gift sets that provide inspiration for for men that potentially love the outdoors, so the inspiration around outdoor-themed gifts, those that love swim shorts, socks, all of those. So there's a real range to cover any type of guy. Yeah, I love the idea. And I had fun browsing the site. I think it's, it's a fantastic idea. What was the motivation behind starting Manflower Cup? The idea came about when I needed to find a gift for my husband's birthday. At the time, I had a six-month-old and she was napping twice a day and any other mum and dad would know that means you only had a very small window of opportunity to get out of the house and run errands anyway I was committed to getting my husband a great gift and I wish the result was as positive as my attitude in the end I only managed to get one of the things I was after before Sophia my daughter decided it was game over so I got home with half of what I needed no wrapping paper no card and I felt a little bit defeated and in that moment, I thought, why is it so hard to find gifts for men? Why is no one helping busy women and men for that matter send great gifts to men? A search on the internet yielded corporate style hampers, which in the right scenario can be the perfect gift. But on this occasion, it didn't really suit my husband in his early 30s. And other online stores simply weren't set up for shopping for someone else. And later that year, I was visiting my family back in New Zealand, and it was my brother who said, why isn't there a men's equivalent of flowers? The online flower delivery service that we all know, love, and rely on. Easy, no fuss, yet impactful. So it was this conversation with my brother that was the final push to launch Man Flower Co. And obviously, that conversation provided inspiration for the name. So Man Flower Co. sort of came from that conversation where my brother was like, you know, why isn't there a flower delivery service that delivers products more in line with what men would like to receive? And that doesn't, there's a lot of men in my life that would love to receive flowers. So I don't want to give the impression that, you know, flowers aren't for men because that's certainly not the case. 
But in a lot of occasions, I think men enjoy receiving a few other things too. And what was the reception like as soon as you launched it? Those crazy people where I got back from New Zealand beginning of January and I looked at the gifting holiday calendar and I saw Valentine's Day was on the 14th of Feb. I thought, why don't I get a minimum viable product up online before Valentine's Day? I'll launch a website and just quickly test the market, see if this has legs. So I put my project manager hat on and I quickly put together a time frame and I managed to launch a brand within three weeks. So I launched the website on the 1st of February, 2017 with one product. It was basically a one-page website. And at the time, my neighbor worked in marketing and I went knocking on her door and I said, look, I've got this concept, I've got this idea, but I need other people to know about it. And she had a connection with someone at Urban List And so she gave me an intro. I then said to Urban List, I want to be on your Valentine's Day gift guide. How do I do it? They said, you need really good high-res imagery. So I'm going to work backwards. So I went to them and I was like, what do you need for me to get onto this (laughs) gift guide? They said, you need high-res imagery. I then rang my friend who was a photographer. We shot some really great images in his kitchen. I sent them across to Urban List. They loved them. They used them as their headline shot of their gift guide and we sold 100 boxes for valentine's day so that was the beginning of manflower coat and i think the feedback we got from from that point on really showed that i wasn't the only one struggling to send gifts to a guy and i wanted something that looked really sleek and that would be a bit of a showstopper when it arrived at the office Ever scrolled through an e-commerce packaging website for fun? Nah, me neither. Until today. Paclio is putting the joy into the packaging game. So let's play a game. I'll tell you the name of the Paclio product and you have to try and guess what kind of product they are. Fairy Floss. Compostable Mailer. Queen Bee. Honeycomb Padded Mailer. Here we go. Gummy Shark. Water Activated Tape. Now, if my jaded self thinks that this packaging is fun, imagine what your customers will think. Paclio is also eco-friendly, Australian-owned and operated with same-day dispatch and 14-day returns. Now, that's pure joy for everyone. Check out the Paclio range of e-commerce packaging options at paclio.com. That's paclio, P-A-C-K-L-E-O, paclio.com. So that was your proof of concept. That was the moment that you knew you had the business. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but also hearing the feedback from customers, I think too, being really happy that they actually had an option of something to send to their boyfriend or their partner Mm. or their husband. You know, there was a genuine need for it. And have you had feedback since then? So what year, month are we talking here? 2017. So that was literally the first month we launched and from there I bootstrapped the business took on the feedback and just started building the brand layer by layer so at the time I was on maternity leave so I was putting all the revenue back into the business it was clear that people didn't want to just send beer that was probably one of the first pieces of feedback so Father's Day 
then happened in 2017 and we introduced a limited edition range of gift packs where we introduced our gifting formula, which we still have now and we still follow, where we pair beer with a product and create sort of a unique gifting experience. We're selling swim shorts and a full pack of beer, but really what we're delivering to the customer or the recipient is a holiday in a box, that feeling of I can put swim shorts on, I can have a beer, I can take a break, and I can feel like I'm having a holiday. So that was really when we started evolving the brand and showing how we are really solving that complex situation of men's gifting. Fantastic. And do you think your background, because you've, you're not new to retail, you've had great experience in big businesses like Afterpay, NetSuite, Cisco. Do you think that helped establish Manflower Co. really quickly? Having worked at those big global organizations, and at the time Afterpay probably wasn't global when I was working there, but obviously it is now, you see that even those really big organizations are doing things and they're not exactly knowing how they're doing them, right? And they are just coming up with a process and going ahead with it and then refining it as they get feedback. And so I really felt comfortable executing on something that I'd never done before because I knew that the sooner I executed on it, the sooner I would get feedback and the sooner I can improve. So I think that's a message to anyone who wants to launch a business and is hesitating that the sooner you do, the closer you are to achieving your outcome because the, the sooner you get feedback from paying customers is the moment that you are going to stand up against your competition because you're going to grow your product for your customers. Yeah. And in terms of feedback, you mentioned that not all men want beer. Has there been any other feedback along the way that you've had a real light bulb moment about that has really changed your business? I think it's understanding the psychology around gifting, right? And the fact that we're an online gifting business and in what scenarios do people revert to online gifting and what types of gifts are they going to want to send? So I think some of the biggest light bulb moments for me over time is that understanding that whilst a gift I would comfortably gift to my brother or my husband isn't something that potentially is going to be a volume seller because it's quite personal. So I think bearing that in mind, but having an element of risk still to really stand out against the competition, right? Because if we followed that formula of just doing the wine and the nibbles and the, we would just be like any other hamper company. And we're not, not to say that we, that they aren't doing good things. They 100% are, but that service is there and that's not who we are. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we've got retailers listening to this and they, they run a really great retail business, but they're like, oh, we, we just haven't nailed that gifting side of our business yet. What would be your secret to giving a great gifting experience online? Understanding you're delivering two things. A service, so you're delivering the gift on behalf of someone else. And then secondly, you're delivering a product, which is the gift itself. So, and with that in mind, you've got two customers. You've got the person who's sending the gift and then you've got the person receiving the gift. And understanding how you're going to service both of them is really critical to this whole equation. 
So I think when you understand the psychology behind that and that you've got two different people in play and that the person you're actually sending the gift, they need convenience, they need a smooth service, really, you know, they literally can put in the gift message and not have to think twice and just trust that you're going to get it. So it's it's online customer experience 101, right? You know, just making sure that you are delivering on what you say you're going to do. Is it hard balancing that from a gift giver perspective? Because we all, when we're giving gifts, we want to be perceived as this has been really thoughtful and I found something really unique, but really our motivations are let's make this quick. Let's make this easy. Let's make this flawless. Like they kind of what we want people to see versus what we want to do is totally different. Is that difficult to get around? And I think we can only do so much and then it's really in the hands of our customer, right? And I think that is where what we're trying to do at the moment too, just as a also to compete more effectively is an education piece. So on our socials, we've been doing a lot of talking around our gifting formula, why it works. And, you know, we've got three sort of steps that we like to follow and it's, you know, including a main gift that is practical and useful and then complementary items to that and then potentially something that they want to eat and drink, like consume. And so we take time to educate that a lot. We've got blogs on our website to really help customers declutter and not go for volume in terms of I want 10 things and go for quality. But again, like I said earlier, we can only do so much and ultimately it's the customer taking the time to, you know, okay, who am I gifting and what would they appreciate and take a lead on that rather than their own ego, which is obviously going to be really hard. I mean, it's really hard for all of us because it's going against our our human sort of nature. And then on a gift receiver's perspective, what are the most important parts to get right? There's something really special about receiving something as a surprise, right? So that end mile, that last mile of delivery, where they don't have to worry about going to the post office and picking it up or it's not challenging for them to actually get it into their hands. So getting into their hands is obviously really critical and making sure that that's as stress-free as, as possible. And then I think from then on, it's about having packaging that creates curiosity so that the minute that they see it, they are immediately sort of consumed in the story and just want to open it up and find out what it is and then opening that up and then having the layers to sort of open they've got the card but then there's also a balance of not having too much packaging we're of the attitude that we actually believe that as an e-commerce brand it's our responsibility to ensure we're not including too much packaging and filler and that's what our customer appreciates too so we don't want them to be put off by that And then just seeing how it's all laid out and how everything is speaking to them, I think. And do you know what? It doesn't take much. I think, you know, some of our most reviewed items is our 12 can beer mail. And that comes in a box where the 12 cans are all sort of flat and they open up the box and they've just got all this beer staring right at them. I mean, how it's just, you know, they don't, they see it instantly. So I think just playing into the senses of, of the people that's what it's about it's just playing into the senses do you get much social sharing off the back of that experience us men are our recipients and men don't do a lot of social sharing (laughs) and i would if anyone is my customer who is listening you know social share away because that means a lot to us we do get 
at Father's Day, that's probably a great time for us because mums do like to share and mums are great for that. But no, I have to say that social sharing is a challenge for us. Yeah. On the other side, you've got an incredible amount of reviews and some really, really positive reviews there. How do you generate those? We are lucky to have customers to take the time to leave reviews and that's something that I think we've worked really hard on to have that rapport and I think that starts with having a really good end-to-end customer experience. It's not just about having the automation or tools in place to request those reviews. I think, in my opinion, customers are guaranteed to leave reviews in two scenarios, when they're really unhappy and when they're really happy. And obviously, we want the really happy ones. So we've really focused on an end-to-end experience that looks after and takes care of our customer. So if you're a first-time customer, you'll receive an email from us the next day saying, thank you so much for your first purchase. And it's from me. And I'm saying, you know, we've got, we start from humble beginnings and I really want to hear your feedback. If you've got anything you want to share, I'm all ears. And we get lots of feedback through that initial um, touch point, which is brilliant. But that I think that immediately sort of begins a relationship with the customer. And then we have obviously got the out of the box communications that we use through Shopify in terms of, you know, your order has been received, your order's been processed. We've then got Starship it integrated for our fulfillment and we have configured more up to date live emails and text messages. So you'll get a email when your gift is on board for delivery and then when it's delivered. And then we So that's all the post-purchase sort of caretaking. And then it's not until 10 days after the gift has been sent that we send an email to our customer requesting for a review. And I think we've been lucky to get, and we incentivize with a 15% discount, and we've been lucky to get a really, really high success rate. And I think that's not just because we've got the email set up, it's because we've got the end-to-end experience. The person who received the gift loved it and they got really good kudos for that. And I think that is reflection of the, the reviews. I, yeah, I'm, I still every day, I'm so taken back by how many reviews we have and, and what people say. And it's so reassuring for me as a business owner um, who's, I guess, learning myself along the way. But that's the most critical data that I can use to keep growing my business. And I, yeah, it's just like a goldmine of information. Absolutely. And on the review incentive of 15% for the gift receivers, do you see a lot of your receivers then turn into gift givers? So, and that's something we're going to encourage more because we, with After Hours, which is, I think we'll touch on later on, which is like my new gifting brand, they, we, we actually have an insert in the gift box where we say, I bet you've got great taste too. Here's an, a discount code to send a gift. And we don't actually do that with Mayflower Co. But when I send that email I was referring to earlier the next day for first-time purchases, a lot of the time the response I get from that email is, thanks so much, Emma. I found out Manpower Co. through someone else sending me a gift. So, And that's actually when we – so what is a growing part, like a growing customer base for us is men. Obviously, women are our main customer base. But through the pandemic, we saw a shift where, you know, even guys really wanted to be able to say to their mates, you know, I'm really sorry you missed out on your birthday or I'm really sorry you're having a crap time. 
And so we are seeing more and more men send gifts to their mates, which, you know, and that is stemmed from them receiving a gift too. Did you find there was a big uplift during COVID of those just because gifts is like, I'm missing birthdays to your example, or I just haven't seen you in a while thinking of you and moving now to more, I, I, I dread to say it, but more more normal times. Is it hard then to forecast based on the changing customer behaviour? That's a challenge that we're trying to address at the minute. The last couple of years, we saw the pandemic create gifting occasions that weren't sort of happening prior to the pandemic, right? So we had corporate customers um, wanting to send care packages to their staff. We had brothers wanting to send um, birthday gifts to their brothers because they weren't able to have their 30th birthday. And we actually saw, it was really heartfelt, we saw so many people just sending a just because this is a really shitty time. And we hope this gives you like five minutes reprieve. And I remember my dad, FaceTime with my dad, because actually our business grew 300%. It was insane. And I actually had my second baby. He was six weeks old. And it was such a unusual time of my business growing and that being something that I had lived and breathed for, yet everything around me was falling apart. It was such conflict and emotions. And then seeing all these messages come through from people who were just so worried about their friends, it was actually really emotional. And I remember to speak to my dad and I cried. I was like, there are so many people feeling it. And I feel so lucky that I offer a service where I can help them in a small way stay connected. So we saw a massive uptake. And whilst that, you know, has meant great things for our business, we understand a lot more how people do use our website, what products they want to send. When you've got that volume of people, again, it creates data, right? But now we're in a position where, okay, we've come off two years, which were so unprecedented and not normal. And so now the challenge is how do we plan for the next two years? What is it going to look like from a planning capacity perspective? I can't really take the last two years and think that that's going to apply moving forward. So I was speaking to our virtual CFO, and we sort of came up with a formula that we're just going to apply based on a bit of an average, apply some growth, all of that. But we're in a really tricky situation where we're coming up to Father's Day. We Last year, we sent over 3,000 gifts Australian-wide, and my entrepreneur hat is saying to me, Emma, plan for 3,000 gifts, you know, let's do it. But then the conservative in me is saying, yeah, but 80% of your 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 competition is back open. Bunnings is open. You know, all of the re- bricks and water are open. How can you possibly do that? So it's a real balance between trying to be a risk taker, but also be realistic. And, you know, because I don't want to be stuck with all that stock. Anyone who has a pet will attest to this. They do not wait patiently. Pet culture was the new kid on the pet scene. The dogs were feverishly barking and the cats planning their owner's demise if they did not get live quickly. Luckily, Shopify Plus, aka eVentura, came to the rescue. Pet culture were able to do a soft launch within four months and go live to the public within six, including CRM, subscriptions, personalization, and memberships. No puppy steps here. We're straight into big dog territory. 
To read more of Pet Culture's story and see other case studies, visit the customer section on shopify.com.au forward slash plus. Stop looking at me weird, cat. And what side do you naturally fall onto? Like, where does your head naturally go? Risk taker or entrepreneur, like conservative? Risk taker for sure. Yeah. Because I just think that, and my, what's at risk? Okay, I'm going to have leftover product. I could bring up my supplier and say, look, I didn't sell it. Do you want to take it back? And I've got some really great relationships with some of my suppliers where I know that that's a conversation I could have. So I look at the risk and then, and then it's cash flow, right? It's like, well, that's, it's like, do you want your cash tied up and on the product on the shelves or do you want to be able to put that more into like a really fun marketing strategy or something? So it's, it's always a juggle and this isn't, you know, anyone who is listening will understand that it's, we're always trying to decide <laughs> what piece of the pie goes where. Absolutely. So I just want to touch on Manflower before we move on. We've got, we've got a lot to cover actually, but we, you talked about your tech stack there. And I thought that was really interesting. One of the things that I noticed about your website is that there's a high level of personalization, including being able to create your own box, obviously sending to a third party. It's not your normal checkout that you can get off the shelf, but you still built with Shopify. How have you gone about doing that level of customization? really lucky that they've got a huge Shopify app network where anything that any functionality that doesn't live within Shopify natively you typically can find an app for and whilst sometimes that means your flow isn't as seamless it just means that you have to take time to understand how Shopify works and then work my process around that a little bit so that I can get the best of both worlds, right? Because an out-of-the-box website is really cost-effective and you can still deliver a great solution for your customers with some of those apps. So we've got our Create Your Own Gift, which is an app from the Shopify store. Then we use an app that allows us to collect gift messages. You can also configure delivery dates. We don't have that switched on at the minute, but there's a whole raft of things that you can do with more or less a click of a button. So... But the biggest challenge for us is that, and for anyone who's wanting to do gifting, is that you do have to work it in a way that works for Shopify rather than a way that works for you. Otherwise, it becomes very expensive from a sort of a you know website development perspective. Although in saying that, Shopify, you can't even, the, as we know, the checkout flow, you can't actually alter unless you're on Shopify Plus. So you've just got to make it work. So rather than lay out the ideal scenario and go after it no matter what, look at what's available to you and kind of get 80% there with what's available off the shelf. What can I do out of the box? What apps are going to fill the gaps? And then how can I implement the apps to make that process as streamlined as possible? Because there are some flexibility with the apps. For example, if you want to collect a gift message, do you put it on the cart page or do you put it on the product page? So it's understanding where you think the customer is most likely going to see it and where it intuitively makes sense. So there is a bit of flexibility there, but definitely working with out-of-the-box is how we've done it. And you mentioned personalization there. I could imagine that it's not as straightforward as it sounds because you've got gift givers and gift receivers, and you would have very different data and experiences for both. How do you separate the two? And again, we don't do that in our 
overly complex manner. So for Shopify at the front end, we've done simple things like alter the language at checkout. So as you know, you can go into Shopify and what on a lot of Shopify e-commerce websites, you know, it'll say, okay, enter your shipping address, rewrite recipient's delivery address. So we've changed in the language to make it more in line with the gifting experience. And then secondly, there is a few default settings that you can deselect. So for example, in Shopify, you can by default make the delivery address the billing address. So we've made sure that that's not selected so that we try and encourage the customer to fill in the billing address so that we have we have their details. 100% of the time, we always get the email, right? So we're always growing our email database, which is brilliant. But it just means on some occasions when we're sending them emails, we're sending them, we're referring to them as the person that sent the gift to, which is not ideal. And that is something that we will only be able to address with a fully customized checkout flow, which isn't completely off the cards, but not in the immediate future. Yeah, you've got a few things going on by the sounds of it. You mentioned After Hours, your new brand. Can you tell us about that? Hours is, well, first, we were getting approached a lot from our customers saying, do you have a female version of Manflower Co? In terms of the concept of the three things, you know, a, a gift, a, something to drink, and then, you know, something to consume, chocolate or treats. And so we were getting it from that angle. But more importantly, from a strategy perspective, I really want to grow our corporate gifting capability. And to be able to make that process very streamlined for anyone who's organizing corporate gifts, you know, they want to go to one person and they want to organize however many gifts for their entire company, male, female, or what have you. So it was coming from that angle. It was very much how can I service corporate better? without diluting what Manfala Co is. And I think one of our biggest weaknesses is one of our biggest strengths. You know, the fact that we are niche does create some challenges, but a secret sauce. So I didn't want to, and the reason we can have such great marketing messages is because we're solving one problem. We're not trying to be everything to everyone. And I didn't want to dilute that message. So after hours has been created to fill that gap that we have as a company perspective, so now from a corporating, from a corporate gifting, we can say, look, we've got two specialist gifting solutions uh, and, you know, we can do full suite. So that's sort of where it was driven from. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy with how that's, how that's come about. Brilliant. Well, and it's a beautiful site. It looks amazing. It looks like a really great luxury brand. That was so funny with Manflower Co. I did things layer by layer, right? I got the logo, I spent $600 on a logo and did everything very much, you know, on a tight, tight budget. And then after hours is applying everything I've learned from growing Manflower Co, but doing it in that sort of initial setup stage rather than over time. And it, it felt good to be able to come out the gates with something really beautiful. That's great. And from your experience as an entrepreneur, as a founder, what's it like having two brands to manage now instead of just the one to kind of laser in on? A lot more than I anticipated. A lot of people were saying to me, gosh, you're crazy. And I thought, not really. I'm just launching a new front end. I'm still using the same warehouse. I've got the same staff. But no, there's a lot. But I think that also comes back to, you know, understanding why I wanted to have my own business. And a big part of that is having control, right? Like having control over creative freedom, having control over how I solve customers' problems, but also having control over how much time I spend 
in work and being able to be flexible with my kids. And so I think as an entrepreneur, when you're really fast paced, you have to remind yourself and well, you're setting expectations here, how fast do you want to grow this business? And you've got control over that. So it's reminding yourself that you do have that control and that you can take it back if you need to. So that's, you know, I have some weeks where I'm incredibly productive and I'm on fire and I'm loving it. And then there's other weeks where I'm just not keeping on top of things and I just accept it for what it is. That's just, that's just the nature of the beast. It's natural, right? Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> a waste of time trying to solve the fact that I'm really busy because that's just what happens when you run a couple of businesses. Yeah. And I think you've done a great job in making it personal. Like people ordering from Manflower after hours, they can see who's behind it. They get a feel for who you are and, and that you actually love gifting and the gifting experience. As both grow, how do you manage that as Emma, the founder, being out front of these brands versus actually I can't take every bit of feedback. I can't be the like the face of the brand. have two other mums that work for me and they are very much the same type of personality and we're all we know the value of an hour we love that whole process of wrapping the gifts and so I think it just comes down to making sure you've got the right creative partners so we use obviously a lot of agencies and things that you're just working with the, the people that have the same morals and values as you and that's always going to come through in your brand obviously as things continue to scale that's going to be harder and harder to control because the further and further you get away from the cold face right but I don't think I will ever not be presenting or being close to my customers I think that some of the biggest um, most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that have remained in touch with their customers so I just think that that's something that I love doing. It's why I wanted an online e-commerce business. It's because I do love the retail customer service element and I'll always be able to have my finger in it if I want to. That's great. All right. So what is next? I know we talked about having a lot on. What's on your priority list for Manflowers Co. and After Hours? With Manflower Co., we're going through a brand refresh. As mentioned earlier on, I launched Manflower Co. within three weeks. I was really inexperienced in terms of marketing, um, branding, all of that. And so the new branding is like the convergence of like me maturing as a business owner, Manflower Co. maturing as a brand, and then preparing for the future. So that whole new brand is um, going to be slowly sort of rolled out second half of this year. Then after hours, we're just about to execute on our corporate gifting strategy. So that's more B2B. So you probably won't see it so much in the front end. So we're sort of doing sales navigator on LinkedIn and a whole bunch of other things, really trying to get into speaking with office managers, EAs, PAs, people that organize those things. And then Father's Day is huge. So after hours, we'll just sort of go into pilot mode. And um, Manflower Co. gets all the attention. So uh, that's our biggest time of the year. It's huge for us. And it's our most favorite time of the year. And we're really looking forward to coming out with some great gift ideas, but also just um, taking time to celebrate fatherhood. It's changed so much over the years. And I think, you know, dads are doing some really great things. So you know, dad jokes aside, I generally do like taking the time to, you know, I've, my husband supports me in my business and he takes care of kids just as much as I do. And I think it's a time to recognize that there has been a number of change too. 
And does your husband get a gift on Father's Day from Manflower Co or do you still have to shop elsewhere? I take content home, so product home to do content all the time and I'll leave leave it in the corner of the house and then I go to open the fridge and the beer that I had to record is like in the fridge. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to stop drinking the product. But, yeah, no, he, he does definitely have a number of our products and loves a visit to the warehouse. He thinks it's his own private, you know, seller. So, yeah, but it's good to have. So he's my, he is my target recipient. You know, he's the average Aussie bloke. He wears a suit but would do anything to wear freaking his dandles all day loves going out for a nice dinner but equally would love a barbecue in the backyard you know so I actually get a lot of inspiration from watching him doing his favorite things that's where a lot of my gift ideas come from is watching him and what he uses and then I'm like I can turn that into a gift (laughs) he's like I'm just trying to chill out I'm just like eating and drinking from the tv stop studying me I know well it's so funny because one of our gifts is a classic trio it's a bag of chips nuts and some beer right and one day, I literally saw him watching TV, watching the footy. And he's got his bag of chips, he's got a couple of beers, and he's having some treats. And I'm like, this is a perfect gift. And so again, the classic trio was born. So That's great. All right, so if we've got listeners listening to this and they either want to organize, uh, look at new corporate gifting solutions, or like you said, Father's Day coming up, what's the best way to get in touch? www.manfellaco.co.au I was about to say .co.nz because I'm from New Zealand. No, .com.au, people. But obviously, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can um, send me a DM on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from anyone, and I would really love to help anyone with their gifting. So get in touch via the website or send me an email. Beautiful. Emma, thank you so much for sharing the story so far of Manflower Co. After Hours and just sharing your experience on gifting in general. I think a lot of retailers listening to this, will it'll spark a lot of thoughts around how they can lift that gifting experience. So thank you very much. So if that conversation has prompted you or reminded you of Father's Day coming up, Sunday the 4th of September, a very important date, if you need anything, Emma and the Manflower team have given Add to Cart listeners a special discount to get your gifting on. Simply go to manflowerco.com.au and use the code HAPPYHOUR10, all one word, HAPPYHOUR10, to access your discount. Go on, make his day. Here are the top three lessons I took away from our conversation with Emma. Number one, the gifting formula. Now, even though Manflower Co. has over 200 products and let's be honest, limitless opportunities to keep expanding. Emma has a really simple formula for knowing what a good present looks like. In her own words, a main gift that is practical and useful, and then a complimentary item to that, and then potentially something they want to eat or drink or might consume. This formula has helped her make her ranging decisions much simpler. If you can find a similar formula, you'll be in a really great spot when you look to expand your range. Number two, Gifting is delivering twice. Sounds hard, right? But Emma's main message to retailers looking to improve their gifting experience was to think of it as delivering twice. Once as a gift or a product to the recipient and once as a service to the gift giver. Both experiences need to be met perfectly for it to work. It's not just adding a lovely little gift message on at the end of checkout. You've got to really think of it as two separate offerings. And number three, Multi-brands for focused messages. Rather than add on additional product to Manflower Co. to cater for a broader audience that Emma was attracting, Emma opened up a second brand after hours. That means that both brands can now have really distinct personalities and be really clear on who they are talking to, which makes it so much easier for marketing. 
multi-brand um, expansion can allow that kind of growth without watering down the message. Another consideration if you are looking for growth. To get the highlights of today's episode, head on over to addtocart.com.au and sign up for our free newsletter. Each Tuesday, we will send Monday's episode summary, links, and discount codes for you to go next level on. And if you're looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, come and visit us at eSuite. We're a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands in Australia. Head on over to esuitetalent.com.au where you can download the free e-commerce salary guide and sign up to our weekly e-commerce job emails. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep those customers adding to cart.